I'm Tommy Salmons. This is year zero. As typical these days, I'm driving while I'm recording, so there will be the distraction of other morons on the road, as well as me putting thoughts together on this subject that I plan on covering today. But I think that something is being uh, avoided. It's not the right word. Maybe overlooked is more appropriate term um, by other podcasters. Um, they touch on these subjects in vague ways kind of brush along the outside of these subjects, but I'm not real certain anybody is connecting dots on what is actually happening in modern politics, which is more disturbing than possibly any other time in American history, and it's not because of the president we have or the Congress that we have or the media that we have, but because of what people view government as and the role of government. And I started thinking about this after watching and listening to Dave Smith's interview with Nick Fuentes which the first time I listened through it I was like well this was a fucking waste of my time this was pointless this guy had nothing intelligent to say he had he was authoritarian and and you know embraced reactionaryism and uh, or re reactionary politics or however you the, the title reactionary whatever however you want to phrase that and I, but I listened to it a second time the other day and there was something really telling that he said that I think really boils down the narrative of modern society and modern America more today than possibly ever in history. And it was when he, he admittedly said, we have to take power and crush the opposition. And I cringed when he said it. I was like, what the fuck, man? Jesus, dude. Like, where are you from? You know, like, that's not even a, a slightly American idea uh, in its originality, in its, in its basis, in, in its origins, where it came from. There's, there's nothing American about the idea of crushing oppositional thought, of crushing oppositional ideologies. But the more I look around at what people are saying and the way that people are interacting with other ideologies, 
the more I realize that has become the American ideal of government is to confiscate power for yourself, to monopolize power for yourself, and to crush any opposition that may stand in your way. And it's extremely evident when you, when you see the police brutality in the country today and the lines drawn and those that are worshiping the police despite all the sins of the police officers in that they're willing to dismiss these atrocities as just a few bad apples when it's become an epidemic in many cases every day I look to the free thought project and see a news story of some abuse or atrocious behavior and those that are defending these behaviors the maintaining of order, the conservation of the rule of law, the conservative movement, the Nick Fuentes of the world, have claimed the label of being red-pilled. As if in their almighty wisdom they have discovered the truth to living in a free society is by repressing freedoms and by attacking those that do not wish to adhere to a certain way of life through physical violence. And these are the same people that will attack Antifa for quote unquote punching a Nazi. Granted, an unproven Nazi, a person that may have uh, economically fascist beliefs due to the economic system of the uh, of the country in which we live, the cronyist, capitalist, uh, fascistic kind of mixed breed system that we are inherently living among, but not Nazi to the extent of calling for a Holocaust, more national socialist in the literal sense of the word whereas they adopted this nationalism this pride in their place of birth as a country more than the ideologies uh, of Adolf Hitler um, which I'm almost positive 
the majority of these quote-unquote Nazis would read Mein Kampf and cringe or would would claim victory over Nazism as their grandfather had been a fighter against the Nazis in World War II and had fought against the Japanese and the, the imperialist regimes of World War II only to co-opt certain aspects of this imperialism into the culture of the United States and into the politic in which we find ourselves today. Now, this isn't to say that there were no imperialistic ambitions prior to World War II or even prior to modern society. Um, You can look back to the Manifest Destiny and see the imperialistic ideas of the westward expansion and how the Manifest Destiny was co-opted eventually to to mean expanding into other nations and other countries due to the expansion of the U.S. into the country it is today and becoming the upper 48 that it is today and how the acquiring of Alaska or the acquiring of Hawaii the colonialism in the Philippines or over Puerto Rico is just continued in, in the modern doctrine of the U.S. politics and into the Middle East and ruling over the Afghani people. How conservatives quote-unquote constitutionalists will say that if we if the U.S. military is going to be used to fight for its allies that the allies should then become an access of the U.S. government, how those allies should be Come part of the United States and how the globalism of the Pentagon that Dick Cheney had prescribed during the Bush administration is now the conservative view and how both the left and right of America are not only not red-pilled in any meaningful way, but they are both in the business of using power, coercion, and force, and violence over their 
political opposition in one way, shape, or form. Whether you have a Nick Fuentes type that kind of hints around the idea that there should be a Pinochet-style cleansing, though he never came out and said it full-throatedly, where he tiptoes around these ideas, or you have the progressives defending Antifa, violently attacking upper-class suburbans, you know, suburban housewives and fucking soccer moms and baseball dads, t-ball dads in the middle of the street because these people believe they are standing up for the conservation of what was or what they view as a free country. And you you look around at the the way these arguments are addressed or these subjects are addressed and the constant building up of straw men in their place. And calling Antifa fascists for their behaviors and Antifa calling you know like Patriot Prayer or the Proud Boy fascists for their behaviors when neither side has a decent understanding of what the fascist elements of this country actually are and that the majority of what they defend in the long run is some sort of fascism, whether a soft fascism or a militarized fascism, and how the exercising of power and the crushing, crushing of ideologies that oppose your power are beyond fascist or communist or socialist. They're authoritarian and admitted many times totalitarian as the calls for the United States government are to involve themselves in every walk of life, in every aspect of everyone's lives in order to force your ideas into the population as a whole rather than understand that other people are thinking different than you, have different desires than you. The ignorance that a person in Fort Lauderdale, Florida is to be governed by the same laws as someone in Alaska 
as if they face the same types of disasters, the same types of obstacles to overcome in their lives. For the, the person in Anchorage has never experienced a hurricane. They have no idea what a hurricane is. They don't know what humidity is. The closest they've ever been to an alligator is watching National Geographic. And the person in Fort Lauderdale will never experience a blizzard. Living in heaven's waiting room is not going to give you the perspective on the realities of the wilderness of Alaska and the frustrations and obstacles that you deal with in Alaska, let alone New York City or Portland, Maine, San Francisco, California. The only thing any of these places have in common with each other is the federal government in somewhat of a shared language. But culturally, they're apples and oranges. If a person from San Francisco visits my hometown of Moss Bluff, Louisiana, they're in for quite a culture shock. The people are completely different. The way that people talk to each other is completely different. The foods that are eaten are completely different. The housing is completely different. When you go to Michigan or to Wisconsin, it's not rare to see shit tons of houses without central AC where they have window units in their, in their homes. But in the South, in Southeast Texas, you would suffer immensely without central air. So while these people especially on the right, have claimed a term red pill as if they have discovered some secret to the United States government, to the United States way of life, is adorable. They have actually co-opted truth in order to manifest their own ideology and their own narratives to block out and shun the left-wing propaganda and the, the corporate media propaganda that had become the norm in American society. 
in the challenging of these narratives and of the propaganda has led to what people have termed or, or yeah, coined as a culture war. I think the first time I heard that was, um, yeah, I can't even think, uh, Newt Gingrich, I think was the first person I ever heard mention that when he was running for president. And the culture war is, is a complete and total distraction. It is an idea that was put in the minds of the American people as if we have a single American culture, which in and of itself is a lie. It's a piece of propaganda fed to the masses from the central authority in Washington, D.C. And it continues a divide and conquer strategy that has created an atmosphere into which both the left and the right, the conservatives and the progressives, are wanting the federal government to obtain more power. Now, I'm not saying it's an intentional psyop, but given its roots come from the mouth of a presidential candidate, at least a presidential primary candidate, Newt Gingrich, and that it has become such an, a natural idea in the narrative of the American politic and has led to both sides, those that are supposed to be tolerant and those that are supposed to believe in smaller government to fight over the power to crush the other side ideology uh, the, the other side's ideology then you have to at least observe that the red pill moment in modern society is nothing more than a power struggle over which propaganda is going to rue the day In my mind, when I first heard red pill, as in most people's mind, you think of the matrix and you think of having the scales come off of your eyes and you start to see the truth that there are rulers in place that are manipulating the masses and controlling political ideologies as if they're as if activists of both sides are marionettes on a stage dancing for their pleasure 
in that they create this divide and conquer strategy in order to appeal to the masses desire for some sort of order one way or the other that the masses are really find critical to modern life and the security of their lives in the United States. But as you talk to people from other ideologies, as you talk to those that call themselves the constitutionalists or those that call themselves the progressives, you find that both sides believe, and this is very in general, and this is not to say that every quote-unquote constitutionalist believes this, and not to say that every quote-unquote progressive believes this, but this is the underlying philosophy of what modern progressivism and modern constitutionalism is. And they are both in, have the deep-rooted belief that rights are given to you by government. That rights are only available because government allows those rights. And that those rights can be taken from you at any given moment. Now, the constitutionalists will say, well, they can't be taken from you because they were given to you at the signing of the Constitution, where the progressives, rightfully so in, in this case, say, well, if they are awarded to you and they are given to you, then they can be taken from you. And what I found is both ideologies find what, what some would call, which I don't, I've completely abandoned the term libertarian. When you have Nick Sarwak and Dave Rubin and Glenn Beck claiming to be libertarian, it, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing when a show the size of Dave Rubin is saying, Our, us libertarians are just trying to take back the center. <laughs> and those of us who believe in liberty and freedom are like, well, that's not what libertarian is. Libertarian is radical freedoms. Security created by yourself and your community, not by a centralized federal governmental system. And that you take responsibility for your own safety and security to not depend on those in power. And when you point out to the quote-unquote 
center center libertarians like Dave Rubin and Glenn Beck, and they just want a common sense agreement between both sides in order to get the status quo back in check. You realize that those of us that are Rothbardians are what some may call minarchists or voluntarists. The Mises crowd have nothing in common with these people. We don't want the same results. We don't have the same means. And we, we're not playing the same game. That they still believe that they should have some sort of power or control over the vast majority of the U.S. And Jordan Peterson had a quote in which he said that those people who, who say real socialism has not been tried are extremely dangerous because they believe that if they take control of a socialist government, they can make it work. That, that their solutions will work better than all the other times it's been tried in history. And that the when you look at Stalin or, or Venezuela or these other socialist countries, North Korea, Mao's China, that the problem is they corrupted the socialism that the, the purest form of socialism as Marx had seen it. And that the problem with that is, is it will lead to more deaths and starvation and destruction because these people don't take into account the human reaction around them and the unforeseen acts that will take place under a socialist system or a communist system and that these, these corrupt views that were added into socialism, these systems that started off as pure socialism and warped into these genocidal regimes are necessary corruptions of the system due to the unforeseen circumstances that occur during these regimes. And people like Nick Fuentes believe that a fascist Italy or, or something along that nature can be perfected into this beautifully organized economic structure as long as you maintain order through violence and coercion. So you have the socialists that believe revolution is necessary to obtain the power to structure society into uh, an equitable system. And you have the more Italian-style, American-style fascism of cronyism and, and order and the rule of law 
crowd that believes that they must obtain power in order to use violence to maintain the order in coercion uh, and in uh, law through the use of coercion. So neither side are friends to what one may consider a quote-unquote libertarian. But what is a libertarian today has become um, a euphemism for the status quo or for the centrists. And that you maintain freedom and security at a balance by oppressing certain freedoms and oppressing certain securities. Whereas the radical, the Rothbardian, the Misesian, the Robert Higgs, H.L. Minken, Lysander Spooner would say no. My freedom isn't for sale because you promise security and you get rid of an external threat at the expense of an internal threat. And so we're trading an externality, the possibility of another 9-11 or the possibility of another mass shooting, we trade that danger for the danger of a totalitarian government, an authoritarian regime. And the new libertarian, the status quo libertarian, the centrist libertarian would have you believe that you can walk that, that line, that you can walk a tightrope between absolute freedom and absolute security. Whereas the Rothbardian will tell you no, as soon as you allow an infringement upon the liberty of an individual for the security of the collective, You have opened a door that will never be closed. And that's what we're reaping today. And the natural, the natural tendency, I think it was Jefferson said, the natural tendency of government is to grow and the natural tendency of liberty is to shrink, shrink, not strength, shrink. So it's upon each individual person to de decide, to demand that their individual liberties are protected, that the collective is not the most important thing, that the minority, the individual, the smallest minority is the most important thing. And that if one person's life or liberty is infringed upon then that is a danger, that is a threat to the life and liberty of every person. Because once the door is open and a precedent is set 
and liberty for one person is is fungible and it, it expendable then liberty for every person is expendable and you don't have to and so the red pill is the recognition of understanding what the true forces and the true threats are that political alliances with progressives or conservatives is in itself a betrayal to your own liberty. Because when they find it politically expedient to expend of you and the liberties that you so desperately crave that you seek to live that they will throw you under the bus that they will rip those liberties away from you for their collective ideal of what the nation state should be in their own minds and at the root of all these beliefs is you do not have the right just in, in and of itself through personhood to be free, that that right is granted you, it is privileged you, it is gifted you from the existence of the powers of the state. In that by questioning the powers of the state, by challenging the powers of the state, you have then challenged and questioned the very rights that you hold so dear. And it makes me think of Rothbard's uh, essay, Do You Hate the State? And though Rothbard did make alliances with paleoconservatives, and I think in some way, rightfully so for that particular moment in time, if with the expansion of foreign policy with a further expansion of manifest destiny as as government flexes its muscle and gains more power throughout the world they gain more control throughout the world they are able to flex more control at home as they create more enemies they create more fear and they create more illusions of the need of security and they're able to clamp down and they're able to maintain order and the rule of law through violence and coercion which is exactly what Nick Fuentes is calling for and in many ways it's what the progressives are calling for it's just their ideas of what cultural order or societal norms and societal order is, is different. And once they see their ideal come to fruition, they become the authoritarians and the authority on maintaining 
and conserving that ideal. Scott Horton has been throwing a quote out, and I don't know if he's if it's his original quote or or if he got it from someone else. But he uh, he's been throwing a quote out that revolutionaries become conservatives as soon as they take the capital, and that's what it is. Whereas Bernie Sanders and your progressive friends may may appear to be revolutionary in their point of views and in their in in in, in what they're asking for and what they're demanding from the United States government as soon as they take the power and they have these things that they want they will become the conservatives trying to stop revolutionaries from overthrowing their government and from taking control of their government in order to move the goalposts in one direction or the other. So when you view the red pill moment and, and you hear these conservatives or right-wingers, remember that they're immediate principle, the the principle they're standing upon is that the government that they are participating in and that they are demanding has power over you and that they are voting to control is where you get your rights and that you have no rights if the government determines you have no rights. And therefore, due process is only due to government. Due process may be eliminated at the government's behest if it determines you are a national security threat. And what stops an all-powerful regime from throwing communists out of helicopters or torturing quote-unquote insurgents or imprisoning or assassinating American citizens without the right to face their accuser, or denying a whistleblower a defense. Well, the power of the government gives them the right because they only had the power and only had the right to life and liberty due to the existence of the said government. So when I look at modern politics, I find it quite scary that that is the overwhelming idea from the majority of conservatives and progressives, that no ally exists other than the mutualist the anarcho-syndicalist, the anarcho-capitalist, the market anarchists. And until we find our way into what Voltaire Declare had described as a panarchy, it, a system of anarchy that would be mixed and people would be able to live voluntarily in whichever system they decided to live in. And they, you would be able to live freely in a syndicalist system or, and if, if it didn't work for you, you could free 
you could flee to a more market area and you could try out all these different aspects of e economics and ways of life and find what works best for you and where you are find more solidarity and more cooperation and a better way of life for yourself until that system occurs we are all fighting those that acknowledge the government as the legitimate authority over rights and the ability to give and take away rights as if they're gifts or privileges for the government to give. Those that believe in a natural right and the authority of owning thyself are challenged with the task of fighting off both sides of authoritarianism in order to create a more prosperous and freer society for our children and our grandchildren. Anyway, that's been on my mind. I just thought it was worth throwing out there. I'm Tommy Salmons. Late.